Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. We have a number of things going on here in cryptocurrency. And frankly, I don't know what it means. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. I am going to simply tell you uh, what I think about the business. So high level, I want to tell you about me, what's going on, because I think it's important. I know some people don't like it, but I think it's important because it goes to stability of this service as in the community and being able to rely on my presence, right? So you should be able to trust that I'm here and I'm ready to go. And if I'm not, you should know this. And that's a commitment I'm making up front. That's why I do the coverage. Today won't be too much, but... Um, my second endeavor, they're getting the stuff sorted out, still ain't set it out, and I had to yell at them, and I was about to walk because they were trying to tell me, hey, you need to get this letter signed from whoever to do a whatever, and I'm like, F you, and, you know, kiss somewhere, you know, because it's, no, I work for myself, I'm the boss here, so we can separate this and walk, and they fought and said, okay, we can get the exceptions. That's what I wanted is start with the exceptions. You know I'm going to tell you no, so don't even try hitting me with this garbage. I'm going to tell you no. See, I think in what I do and just general contracting, I think people are afraid to fight back, but that's what we really need to do. It's like push back on this garbage. That's how I treat crypto too. It's like push back on garbage. If your leader of your cryptocurrency is acting like a freaking idiot or a car salesman or a cult leader, push back on them and tell them this don't work for me, brother, because nothing will change if you don't speak up. And I had a, with my first client then, I had a rather interesting terse conversation with the person who's been giving me issues since I walked in the door. And just flat out said, and got him to finally admit, basically he's afraid, he's a coward. That's fine. It's fine to be a coward. I respect you more if you accept and acknowledge and outright say, I'm a freaking coward. I'm not like you. I don't have your balls of steel. I'm a coward. At least I'll respect you for being honest about what you are. And I'm happy to help you stop being a coward. But if your cowardice is getting in my way, I got to steamroll over you. So you have a sense of the kind of personality type I am. It doesn't mean that I blatantly do that to everybody. I want to help where they accept the help and people recognize when they need help, admit it, and I will help you. Same thing I do in cryptocurrency. 
So if nothing else, people listening to me here and on YouTube should be pretty clear. I'm pretty consistent in who I am. This above all to thine own self be true. I will, I do not hesitate. I'm a, I'm a straight shooter in a world of sensitivity. I will not hesitate to steamroll somebody that's blocking me. And they're not explaining to me that, Hey, if you're just a coward or whatever, just say that I'm a coward. I ain't got your balls. I ain't got your, whatever. I ain't got your skill help and I'll help you. But if you're just going to sit there and fight me and you're not giving me anything, I'm going to steamroll over you. Cause that's how I am. And that's how I treat these cryptocurrencies. Well, I, they don't want the smoke because if they come on the show, they're going to get all I can give them. And so they know they don't want it. They know they can't hang it. And I just kind of accepted it. And it is what it is. Given that now, let's go ahead and get into our news and see what the heck's going on in the other side of the fence here. If you've not heard of Ethereum Max, good for you because it's garbage. Uh, but Ethereum Max came out at a point and touted itself as the next big thing in Ethereum. If this sounds familiar, it should, because with Ethereum itself, we had Ethereum POW now is doing that same thing. Ethereum Max, if you're looking at the charts, of course, Ethereum is still in that waiver point, but slightly up. Bitcoin's still in that waiver point. Ethereum proof of work comes out to obviously capitalize on Ethereum's transition to proof of stake and be that proof of work alternative. And then all the exchanges who obviously are getting their pockets lined jump on board and they support this business. That's what was happening with Ethereum Max. Ethereum Max went out and they solicited the services of all these shillers. You've heard of at least two of the shillers, Kim Kardashian and Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd Money Mayweather, of course, is arguably the greatest boxer of our generation, retiring at, I believe, 50 and 0, possibly 51 and 0, but he certainly retired at with undefeated was the best in his class, arguably, but then he shifted and he started doing NFTs. He started getting into other side things of cryptocurrency. He was one of the earliest ones to get into NFTs and then he's been in trouble a number of times because of pump and dump schemes. Well, lawsuits were filed against Kim Kardashian and she settled out in the SEC. Gary Gensler gave a video on Twitter basically saying, yep, we got her. Of course, the settlement doesn't mean you got him. It just means that they don't want to fight it. Doesn't mean anything, doesn't prove anything. So they're just basically saying, we're going to go after these people. And the reason they were going after them is because of the pump and dump. Basically, these shillers, as they all do, they hype these tokens and impressionable people take their advice. And then these influencers, quote, shillers, will simply take their bags that they were given, dump off the project and never recovers. Has happened with SafeMoon, has arguably happened with Colt Dow has happened with Ethereum Max and so many others. You can always tell the chart of the pump and dump. Floyd Mayweather was right there with Ethereum Max, shilling it high level. He claims that he never mentioned it. However, he was on record. He's publicly had record of, you know, talking about the tokens. Now, the problem is that because it's public, it's pretty obvious that something's going to happen to him and the SEC is going to at least coerce them to settle. And here's where this is all coming from. The law right now requires them to disclose how much you're paid to endorse investments. And so that's the loophole that the SEC is using is these are investments. By definition, they are investments. People are investing. I have said on multiple occasions, these cryptocurrencies are investments. That's what they are because you expect a return. You wouldn't put money in if you didn't expect to get money back. That's an investment by core definition. Certain of these sketchy, scummy cryptocurrencies 
swore up and down that I didn't know what I was talking about. And of course, that's because they're scummy and sketchy. Truth is, that's what they are. They're investments. <laughs> and that's the SEC saying. Great. Now that we're on the same page, I'm talking to the SEC now. Now we're on the same page. Now it's clear. This is what it is. Either you settle or we're going to take you down. Floyd's fighting back. Kim Kardashian bowed down or, you know, bent over, however you stage it. Point is, she gave in. And Floyd is fighting back because Floyd says he didn't mention anything about Ethereum Max. He's on record as having done so. So I think he'll settle. Floyd is not one that's going to, I don't think he's equipped to be able to fight this guy personally. Um, Kim Kardashian settled for $1.2 million. And I know Floyd, he's had some money issues, but he does have money coming in. But let's see where all goes. I'm t dealing on this one, dwelling on this one, because it sets a precedent. As Schiller's continue to do what Schiller's do, I hope we see more of this to discourage said Schiller's from shilling because too many people get damaged by the shilling, <laughs> obviously. So I'm not saying that the SEC is not overreaching to some degree, but I do want the Schiller's to stop shilling. I want them to, it's fine if you recommend a project that you're in, you see that there was a return and you invested in it and you thought it was okay and you disclaim, I'm not telling you to buy this thing. Just be aware this could be a good thing or it might be crap. You've heard me. In situations, it's like it could be a good thing or it might be crap. I don't know. And I don't want people to jump just because I'm talking about it. I want you to look into it because despite me saying it looks good, you might look at it and say, yeah, but just not for me. Maybe the price is out of whack. Maybe the fundamentals are all garbage. I want to educate people in what I look for so that they can make educated decisions on their own. I don't want them to follow my lead. I want them to be their own leader, but I'm helping them in making those right decisions. And ideally, I try to focus on those projects that are likely to not be garbage, but every now and then, I think I have one or two where I've talked about it, it looked good, and then they quit, like EarnHub, right? It looked okay, but then they made fundamental decisions. I warned people when the decisions started to go south that this probably ain't going to last very long. But up front, it was fine, and it could have been recovered, but they weren't listening to the investors. They just crapped it and then quit. It happens. It happens a lot, unfortunately. MasterCard. They're releasing new tools designed to help identify crypto fraud. Now, I frankly am sketchy and skeptical that this is going to really do anything. And I'm concerned that it's just my uh, MasterCard kind of running in a vacuum. And it ties to another bit of news I'll cover here in a second. But they're partnering with a company. And this company, together with MasterCard, they're creating a new protocol. And what it's trying to do is find risk in exchange transactions. So we're talking centralized exchange transactions and then try to cut them off if they appear to relate to an illegal transfer. If that freaks you out, it probably should because what we're talking about here is your card provider at not your bank, but the provider of the card making arbitrary decisions about what they feel you should or should not be able to do with your money. And that's your money that we're talking. Even if it's credit, ultimately you're approved for a line of credit and they can arbitrarily deny that transaction on their own. Some might come back and say, yeah, but Patriot Act, OFAC, and all the other regulations that do the same thing. The difference with those is that we're dealing with a known transaction with a known documented list, and that is not unilateral to the card provider. That's coming from the government. The government is who tracks and traces and does that. Those simply go against that list. The difference and the real distinction and the reason I think you should be slightly concerned right now and greatly concerned later, I don't believe these card providers 
should be taking unilateral decision around your money or your credit and denying you potentially when they think that transaction is illegal. Can you picture, let's say you have family and they happen to live in a country that happens to have been classified as a, quote, war zone or happens to have been classified as a, quote, terrorist country or something else, but your family's there. Let's say you travel there for work. Let's say you're going to a communist country. There are communist countries still left out there. Let's say that your people are stranded somewhere in one of these countries and you need to get money over to them and you choose to pull out your card and swipe to do a transaction just to get some cash to help them and it gets blocked because MasterCard execs sitting up in an office making billions made an arbitrary decision not to allow you to do that. I'm sorry, my personal opinion, I find that frankly unacceptable. Now, fortunately, I don't have any MasterCard cards left, but the point is, Sometimes that's out of your control, and I figured I'd bring it to attention because some people may have MasterCards and may want to know what is potentially coming. This is coming. I do encourage you as a call to action. Do some research on this. You can search for MasterCard crypto fraud, and I'm sure you'll get tons of hits about what they're talking about doing and what that portends, P-O-R-T-E-N-D-S. And then later, certainly the other ones will get on board I doubt that Amex will get on board because Amex seems a lot less picky about such things. But Visa, I, it's almost confident if they MasterCard pulls this off, Visa's going to follow suit, which really pisses me off, by the way. Cardano, their price has plummeted. I've said repeatedly, I am bullish on Cardano. I can't explain to you why I'm bullish on Cardano. I'm just bullish on Cardano. I don't know why, but I just am. Something feels like it should be something up there it was still hurting from the crash that we had. It has not recovered anywhere close to where it was. And at one point, it was like number three. And you're like, what? It was number three. Number three behind Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's how high Cardano had gotten at a point. That's why I felt like I was bullish at the time. It's like, okay, there's got to be something here. If it's able to back up to Ethereum this way, there's got to be something here. And then I was told that its leader is an idiot. Okay, well, then I... My bullish sentiment didn't go away, but I was less confident investing in it. And then I was watching the different things that they're doing and all the crashing of Solana and everything else. And I remain bullish. I've just not put any money in it. I'm hesitant to do so because I'm not, I don't know what's going on with them. The Vazel upgrade seemed like it didn't really immediately help the price movement. The theory is that it should long-term, just not right now. The excuse is, well, the bear market do, do. I don't think it's the bear market holding them back. I believe what's holding back Cardano is the rise of garbage tokens in 2021. That meaning a lot of people were swayed to the shibs of the world, to the baby doge of the world, you know, Elon's tweets, and he tweets out baby doge, do, 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 and then baby doge becomes a thing, and people jump on that. Or he says, my dog's going to be named Floki. That becomes a thing. People jump on that. I believe that the rise of garbage tokens is what's hurting Cardano more than anything else. I also believe that with that change and people's money shift, I think it's the same group of people shifting money from project to project. As I've said, they're chasing green candles. They're not really loyal to any projects and they don't really have fundamentals in their thought process as to what they invest in. They just go after whatever has a green candle and FOMO into it. And then there's so many newer people getting into cryptocurrency they don't know any better because they see that's what other people, they see some shiller who told them, you have to go into the boom, deep, 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 and then they just jump in and FOMO. That's what I think is hurting Cardano. Cardano is one of those investments, as I said, you know, stick with the core coins because they can never steal you wrong. It is certainly one of those. 
But most importantly, it in the big picture has the most potential because it did hit that number three level, went down, but the fact that it was able to get there when so many others failed to get there, to me, should create a bullish sentiment. And I think long-term, it will get back there. Now, time will tell whether that's going to be the case. I don't know. Bitcoin. Analysts have been talking and trying to figure out what's going on with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is expected to start going up. We don't know how fast. We don't know how far. We don't know how long it will take. But Bitcoin is expected to get to that point. And there's still a bullish long-term sentiment. You've probably heard me say that multiple times. I repeat it only because I want to stress, nobody thinks that Bitcoin is dead. I do think that in the new world of cryptocurrency, I don't believe we're going to see the same outrageous growth in a short period of time as we did with this 2021. I think now we're going to see it kind of be more of a steady growth. Do I think it goes to the six figures? I think it's possible. Whether it truly does or not, I can't say. I do think it's possible. And long-term, big picture, time's going to tell what other cryptos, like Ethereum, hint, hint, wink, wink, are going to be able to do that and win out in the long run. But just so you know, the industry in general remains bullish about Bitcoin's long-term future. And we don't think it's dead. We don't, I, I think Ethereum has an advantage over it, but we don't think Bitcoin's dead. And we do believe pretty much to a T that Bitcoin is one of those solid members of a diverse portfolio for your investments, absolutely. Celsius, which of course crapped, crashed and burned. Turns out that the founder, Alex Mashinsky, had taken out $10 million, $10 million worth of cryptocurrency just before it filed bankruptcy. And this was right around the time that they were about to start freezing accounts. So this dude freaked out, took a bunch of money, which is people's investments, took a bunch of money and then locked everybody else so they couldn't take any money out, then filed bankruptcy. I can't explain to you now... Three Arrows Capital did the same thing. So I'm not isolating this dude. But if this is not proof positive, when I said in the earlier episode, none of these founders, none of these owners, they're not your friends, right? When they create this service and they trigger this FOMO because they give you unrealistic APRs, they're not your friend. They're all profit. Like literally, they're all profit driven. That's why I keep trying to stress to people. They're all profit driven to a T. That's who they are. Your job as an investor is to try to understand and separate in your mind. These people are not your allies, right? They're there to provide a service. And at some level, they're trying to get enriched off you. However, they do. They're trying to get enriched off you. They're trying to make money off you. So big picture, just be aware. This is what it is. This is how this works, right? In cryptocurrency, they're trying to get rich off you. I'm not telling you that everybody's trying to steal from you. I am saying that everything's at risk when you give your money to some other organization, not your keys, not your coins. Although this is related, it's kind of unrelated, but I'll talk about it anyway. Elon Musk, Elon Musk has kind of bowed down to the master and he's gone back to the bid for the 44, I think it's $44 billion, whatever it is, to buy, yeah, $44 billion to buy Twitter. He's back in there and says, okay, I'll pay the $44 billion to go ahead and buy Twitter and just, you know, get it done. I'm tired of fighting this. People expected he might bow down because initially he was kind of wavering. People expected he would bow down. And he wants to get out of this whole court procedure and just move forward. Now, there's ups and downs. 
the up is that Doge's price started jumping like mad crazy because, of course, Elon is associated with Doge. The other up is that now that he's getting back in this groove and we're doing this, uh, moving this forward, presumably, there's an expectation that cryptocurrency in general might benefit from the decision if he can close the acquisition. Cryptocurrency in general might benefit. You're wondering why. The problem I see in cryptocurrency is that we have been tethered to the whims of people like Elon Musk, where he will openly talk about different cryptocurrencies and either kill the business or spike the market. When Doge was jumping like crazy, he said a comment about SHIB that basically trashed it and SHIB tanked. That's how much, unfortunately, social media power he has. And so if he's in charge of Twitter and he gets rid of the garbage of Twitter, he might then help cryptocurrency because we get rid of the garbage tokens at level their platform because he may just simply crap them out, right, or put policies that harm them or make it harder for them to do what they want to do. Am I tinfoiling? Maybe I'm saying that it's possible. Could happen. I don't know. Fidelity has released, finally, after a long wait, a $5 million index fund so far, $5 million in sales, an index fund around Ethereum. This is big news because there are people who want to trade around cryptocurrency, but without the risk. And you're like, how is that possible? With the index fund, you're trading against the value of Ethereum without the risk of holding it, right? Because when you hold Ethereum itself, you are essentially holding what is believed to be a commodity. And as you buy and sell it, you are subject to the whims of the fluctuations of Ethereum itself and its liquidity pairs. In the index fund, the index fund is more predictable. It's more controlled. People can then diversify and add it as with any other thing that they invest in bonds or stocks or anything else in one single portfolio, which is something you can't do in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, you're going to a completely different set of market rules. Most people want to be comfortable in the way their portfolio is managed and the index fund allows them to do this. It lets them be exposed to the price movement of Ethereum without being directly impacted by it. Almost like a gamble in a way. And some people might really rally behind this because if Ethereum goes on the run, we expect it to. It means they could stand to make a killing without the risk inherent to it, especially with Gary Gensler and all his garbage talking about. The last bit of news I'll talk about is Ripple, XRP, that is. XRP got some wins in the court. SEC wasn't really very happy because they got schooled by facts. And so XRP started going on a run, started seeing positive trend upward, and the pennant started to form, and we started to see what could be a breakout for XRP. Is it going to make people millionaires? No. But as we get closer, hopefully, to the wrap-up of the SEC and the whole business with that, we can see where XRP is going to go in the future. And everybody's been kind of watching what's happening with XRP because it kind of sets the stage for what's going to happen to cryptocurrency if XRP can completely win this and set a precedent, right, of this is what it is, this is how it works, and it changes the game. And that may be also contributing to some of the bearish sentiment that's out there in the world. Now, is XRP going to replace Ethereum? Absolutely no. Absolutely not. Um, people saying that? No. Absolutely not. Where XRP differs, I think, the big differentiator, goes down to the conversation about securities. Because if XRP is able to say, no, definitively, we're not a security, it'll be hard for SEC to make the case for hardly any other ones to be called a security. And that is at the center of the sentiment shift 
that people are waiting to make is, can we finally get an answer to this question using one crypto that's going through this process? And everybody knows it's kind of BS that XRP is going through this. What we don't know, though, is what effect does it have, big picture? And the idiot Vitalik has already made pretty clear he's negative on XRP. And you heard me on the previous episode. I said, I believe he's a puppet on the string for higher level power. So I believe that his negative chatter around it and his attempt to trash it is an attempt to sway public sentiment over to, well, at least against XRP and to something else. My opinion, perhaps I'm standalone in that regard. All I can say is what I see is that XRP is getting win after win after win in this court proceedings, which is shocking if you think about it. And it means the SEC really had no leg to stand on. It also means that long-term, we might see some smart regulation, which is what I've always asked for. Real fast, not really a news, but just an observation. Uh, Binance, of course, recently did their first burn, official burn of the fees for spot and margin. So this is all off-chain transactions that they were doing. And it came to close to $2 billion worth of Luna Classic. And some people are cheering this because it means that there's strong potential for them alone to chip away at a significant amount of the supply. I'm going to say, and I'm probably alone and that's fine. I'm going to say manage your hopium. And I say that because although that is likely true and I don't see a reason why it wouldn't do, we also have to contend with what I see in the numbers, which is that it appears to me that the minting is still happening. I could get it wrong, but I certainly don't see that the total supply is going down like I would expect it to. And the circulating supply, same thing. It's not going down the way I would expect it to. If we were doing true burns, that would affect the price at least. So if my theory is correct, and I can't say it is, I'm not making a definitive statement, but if my theory is correct, it means manage your hopium. Just make sure that I see on social media, people are going crazy because Binance announced, yeah, close to $2 million. It's like, okay, but let time pass. Let's manage your hopium, sit on it. You know, if you have a bag, sit on it. Don't get too caught up in this business because I don't want people to get let down if it turns out to be a popcorn fart. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying we don't know. This scale of burn has never been done to any cryptocurrency. I know all of them talk about, yeah, we burned 50% of the supply. Do, do, do. That's to hide whales. And I'll get into that probably on the next episode. But this on this scale where you're just consistently transactionally burning at expected high levels and Binance is the highest holder of the tokens, and highest transactions, I'm saying this has never been done. So we don't really know. Nobody really knows what exactly is going to happen as the burns happen. Nobody truly knows. We know that burns generally affect the price floor. That's all we know. You still need buy sentiment, buy pressure, positive sentiment in a positive direction, and that's been lost. That's why I'm saying as a public service, try to manage your hoping with this business because I wouldn't want people to get their hopes up, and then get let down and call it a scam, as I do see some people doing. You got to understand there's more to it than just burning tokens. You still have to have buy pressure. You still have to have volume. You still have to have support from all the different exchanges. Some exchanges stop their support, namely Coinbase. There's all these factors that still have to play in for this thing to get to any level. And even then, we don't know what level it'll get to. Manage your hopium. I say this is a multi-year thing. If it's going to be a thing, it's multi-years before we see significant movement. I do think that it's going to be something. Nobody can really tell you what it's going to be or when. And that's just the nuts and bolts of how I see it. And again, chances are every YouTuber out there will disagree with me. And that's cool. 
I love being that outlier. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.